0: For each thousand you would I will repay you with 200, 200 kilos of an a month to begin in July and to continue for one year, after which time we're even. That's it. Very simple. Not good enough.
1: It's not good enough. Not good enough.
0: Look where you're living. Look where you've been put. Not good enough. A couple of months ago, you'll be right. Not anymore. Money still money. No, it is not. That's why we're here. Trade goods. That's the only currency that'll be worth anything in the ghetto. Things have changed, my friend. Welcome to Out of Theaters, the podcast that we've used the movies of yesteryear this year. My name is Billy Culpa here with my good friend and film critic Will Pfeiffer. Will, hello there. Hi, I'm Billy. If you've listened to the show before, we appreciate you downloading us again. If you're new to the show, the premise is simple. My friend Will has seen many, many movies. I have not. So Will sets up a movie for both of us to watch and we look at it from a fresh perspective. This week's featured movie is Schindler's List, but before we get to that, Will, have you seen any good movies
1: lately? You know, I have seen a good movie lately, and this one's a little different. I saw it uh, a few weeks ago, um, with my daughter. In fact, at my daughter's insisting, it was one of those, um, Fathom events that they have at the local theaters where they'll bring in a movie and just show it one night. Sure,
0: like they'll do, like, The Nutcracker or something.
1: Right, or they'll do, sometimes they'll do, like, I saw Sunset Boulevard a couple years ago at one of those. And this one, my daughter wanted to see a movie called Weathering with You.
0: Did she? Find it and say, Dad, this is out. I want to see it. And we should clarify, your daughter is a teenager. She's nice. Yeah, she's 14
1: years old. She's huge into anime. She's deep, deep, deep in anime. Which is Japanese animation in case you don't know. Sure. But um I think maybe we saw like we went to see Little Women at Christmas or something, and we saw or Knives Out, and maybe they showed the trailer for this there. Got but it. somehow or within the anime community, word was out, this movie Weathering With You was going to be shown for two nights in U.S. theaters.
0: Let me, can I ask you a few questions? Yes. Is this a new release or is this like a reshowing of an old anime?
1: Um, it originally came out uh, in Japan just last year. So it's a new movie. This okay. is its American debut.
0: Two, I just wanted to comment, and I think it's really cool that your daughter shows an interest in something and you're like, let's
1: support it. Yeah, let's I'll do, do it. That. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of the, you know, it's like when I was a kid, my parents didn't no. quite understand it, but they never said like, That's stupid with comic books or something, you know. Oh, mine did. (laughs) (laughs) I did have a friend whose dad once forbid him from watching MTV specifically because it was too stupid. That's that's a great dad. His dad was not wrong. (laughs) And now I think we would look back and say, you were right. But anyway, so this is a feature length cartoon. It's uh, written and directed by a man named Makoto Shinkai. He, uh, it's, it's about a a high school freshman who runs away from home. He runs into Tokyo, he goes to Tokyo. So he meets this girl and she is going to be like these two older guys are trying to convince her to work for this hostess club, which is essentially like this Japanese thing that is like, you know, three steps before you get to prostitution. It's a very creepy, skeevy kind of a thing. So he like helps her get out of that situation. Um, so they become friends. And then this guy he's working for wants him to work on this story about, um, these things called uh they call them sunshine girls and in this story and it's sort of you get the feeling it's sort of because of global warming or a metaphor for global warming but it's almost always raining in tokyo and these sunshine girls according to local myth or urban legend or whatever they can cause it to stop raining for a while like through some magic or some myth or something so
0: here's here's this is everything you've said i was like that's kind of interesting This is where I tend to get out on anime.
1: And here, well, and this is the thing. You have to, you have to go in and realize because especially something like this, it's aimed essentially at teenagers. You know, the emotions are going to be big. The metaphors for romance and young life and all that are going to be very big. You know, it's not going to be subtle. And in the end, I'm going to spoil it for you a little bit, but it's, I just thought this was fascinating getting back to it's not the way an American movie would end is. It turns out, because she's a sunshine girl, for whatever that means, um, she's kind of dying, like losing her energy. And so, to when she stops it from raining, she essentially dies. Like, But she saves Tokyo. Okay. Okay? But the kid, he can't have her die. So, he somehow, like, jumps into the clouds or whatever, but he saves her. She brings her back to life, but then it starts raining again. And it flashes forward, like, I can't remember if it's a year or something. And Tokyo is... Flooded. Yeah. It's been sure. like a ecological disaster. And in another movie, in a movie, I think an American movie, they would sacrifice their love. But in this one, they're saying, no, young love is more important than the fate of an entire city, country, world, maybe. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I don't know. So, but it's like this ultimate romantic thing. Sure. But it was. It was, I liked it a lot. I mean, I was kind of expecting to go and either take a nap or kind of like, well, under this because Allie wants to watch it. But I quite enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. it, it was gorgeous. The story was interesting. I kept my attention all the whole time. And it was really cool because it wasn't a packed house by any means, but it was maybe a third to a half full. And everyone there was like diehard anime. More so, than Blade Runner. Yeah. 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 Our legendary Blade Runner experience, we were the only two there.
0: On opening night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that's a great movie. Yeah. You know,
0: uh, the way you describe that mechanic about how you can only use the ability so much reminds me of Stephen King's Firestarter. Um, although, I'm not sure if there... Is that a movie? Is, is oh, Star- yeah. Drew Barrymore.
1: George C. Scott. Oh, really? George C. Scott? He plays the old Indian dude. It's funny. For George C. Much- Scott plays the elderly Native American guy. Oh, I understand. That's... Mm-hmm. that's Well, I'll, I'll get that edit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, the dad in that movie has to protect his daughter. I guess, in the, I don't know how the movie goes. That's but,
1: uh, David Keith. Not to be confused with Keith David, who's a whole nother actor.
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> hey, really, seriously. <clears throat> Keith uh, David is a black guy and David Keith is a white guy. Okay, that's how you tell them apart. I understand. We tried to get Allie to read Firestarter. Yeah. Because I'm like, if... And, yeah, you, if, you asked me for a book recommendation yeah. for her, and I, it's a, it's the story of a teenage protagonist. Who wants to burn down the world. I'm like, what teenage girl isn't going to identify perfect. with that? But she, she didn't do it. She no. She went on to anime or manga or something. So. It's
0: so good. Uh, but the, I I I think that book is deeply underrated. I don't want to
1: get into. I it I haven't much. read it since I was her age. The
0: probably. dad. It's it's you know what Stephen King admitted. He he was looking for something. He was inspired by X Men. He thought the ability. Oh yeah, for, it's, can, like, it's a have,
1: superhero movie. It's right or a superhero novel. But it's movie. a superhero
0: novel in the '70s. So it's it's kind of yeah. neat. It's like pretty ahead of its time. The dad can like do a little bit of a force push. Yeah. Which is ahead of Star Wars, by the way.
1: I remember the scene where he hands a cabbie a $1 bill because they have to go somewhere, and he goes, I'm giving you a $100 bill. Keep the change. Take my Or whatever, yeah. Uh, But every time
0: he does it, it causes his brain to bleed a little bit. And eventually, he pushes himself too hard and dies. Or or maybe he doesn't die, but he... Yeah. gets hospitalized or whatever okay anyway well, i'm glad you like the movie and it's a good father daughter thing i'm i'm impressed all the way around even it's if, cool and even if, if that movie does not sound like anything i would ever want to see
1: but if you if you have any if you if you're like a fan of animation or anime or something yeah. when this comes out on streaming or which probably will eventually i mean go see it it's it's pretty cool is it subtitled um the one we saw was dubbed i believe but was, but it, it, was it was a double k or? it was fine yeah, yeah. I suppose it's easier to dub cartoons. Exactly. And I mean, I know there's some purists and I, I don't, I mean, it, it didn't bother me.
0: Are you ready to talk about this week's equally as exciting
1: and father daughter relationship kind of movie? Man, this is uh yeah, this is, this is uh is this the most serious movie we've ever discussed on the podcast? It might be. Uh, I, and I, but know. I don't think, but I think we need to talk about it like any other, When I mean, you can't, you can't bow in reverence to a movie. You need to look at it and address it. I agree. I agree. So.
0: All right, let's, let's, let's talk about this week's movie, 1993's Schindler's List. Schindler's List. I'm a member of the Nazi party. I'm a munitions manufacturer. I'm a profiteer of slave labor. I am a criminal. At midnight, you'll be free and I'll be hunted.
1: I shall remain with you until five minutes after midnight, after which time, and I hope you'll forgive me, I have to flee. Schindler's List, Steven Spielberg's 1993 uh, period drama based on a true story, although maybe you know it's it's more a inspired by actual events kind of a thing. It's about um, Oscar Schindler, who was an actual German businessman, you know, during World War II, Um, and through his efforts, he saved more than a thousand. Polish-Jewish refugees during the Holocaust. Right. And the movie, you know, it does, a, it does a few things. It sort of gives you a feel for that era and what it was like to be a Polish Jew at that time and sort of as as a situation shifted very terrifyingly around you, um, it establishes who Oscar Schindler is and he is by no means a saint. No. And it also introduces you to some of the other players, most specifically Amon Goethe, who was the camp the commandant of the camp where where oscar schindler got a lot of his laborers from right um it's a fascinating movie it's the movie that spielberg finally won his best director oscar for i mean for years he had been the biggest director in hollywood but he never landed that prize and i mean i think a lot of people said when they heard spielberg was making a movie about the holocaust they kind of knew that this i mean this was foregone to be the best picture i mean clearly he was going to make it and interestingly enough he made this the same movie he made jurassic park
0: (laughs) he was editing jurassic park at night after filming schindler's list
1: the onion (laughs) the onion oh bless the onion i believe they had a headline at one point that said spielberg says keys to success are dinosaurs comma jews (laughs) how did you first come to this movie i saw it when it was in theaters i was a big movie fan even back then and so this was a movie everyone was talking about this movie every this is you know spielberg's big very serious holocaust movie there hadn't been a whole lot of movies about the holocaust it's a you know for obvious reasons really i that actually surprised me to hear you say that there was you say it for obvious reasons but well there's a there was a tv show called a tv mini series called holocaust that had a very young james woods and meryl streep in it i believe james woods i know this is a long time ago for James sure. Woods, and by the way, he was playing a Jewish character in that, not a Nazi. <laughs> that's, that's that's surprising. But um, you know, it's 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 hard. It's a hard topic because one, it's it's not a happy topic. Um, it's a you know, it's a it's a topic that if you address it in any kind of a an honest way, it's going to be violent. There's going it's going to be brutal. Um. You know, characters are going to die, whether they're fictional or real. And I mean, in the end, is it it possible to tell sort of a triumphant story of the Holocaust? Right. You know, and and Spielberg, you know, this movie came out and it was a huge hit and critically praised and won Oscars. But, you know, there's, I think, Stanley Kubrick, who had been working on sort of a Holocaust project of his own for years. I mean, he was known for working on movies for years. He saw it and he said something like, you know, six million Jews died in the Holocaust, only Steven Spielberg could make a movie about 1,000 who lived. You know, he was saying, like, maybe it's not right to make a movie, like a positive movie about the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, 1,000 people lived. That is... That's, that's sort of that's the, no that's, small thing. That's
0: the, like, sort of the lesson of the movie.
1: Right. I mean, this is... Yeah, but so, I saw the movie in the theater. I was excited to see it. I saw it. <laughs> For some reason, I think somebody else was going to see it with me and they bailed out or something i saw it alone so sitting in the theater by myself watching this three how long is it three plus hour movie black and white stark drama unfold i mean it's a it's a punch to the gut experience yeah I, I bet i haven't seen it since so that's my next question what did you think of it then and what do you think of it now you know um i remember when it came out i you know i thought oh my god this movie it's it's so good and it's and it's uh you know it's it's such a powerful film. So so you did, you liked it when it came out. I did like it when it came out, but it's interesting because I, then later, uh, over the years, I've read different criticisms of it and I began to wonder, and maybe even in my head, I began to kind of reconvince myself with maybe little justification that, you know, it's not that great a movie. And it's, I maybe was thinking like, sure, it's a movie about the Holocaust by Spielberg. So everyone is naturally going to praise it. It's almost like, you don't even watch, I, this is me thinking to myself, like, yeah, you I, don't I, even watch the movie, it's just you take it for granted that it's great. And I begin to kind of convince myself, man, maybe it's not that great. So when I watched it recently, which was the first time I'd seen it since 1993, I will say, I mean, I don't think it's a perfect movie. There's some criticism I have of it, but it's, it is it is good. Yeah. And it, it does some things so well, and some parts of it still are just a punch to the gut. I couldn't agree more.
0: Um, I, I've never seen this movie. Uh, it was something talked about when I was a kid. I feel like... Yeah, because you were a kid when it I was came a, out. I was 10. So why were you going to go... Why would a 10-year-old go see this movie? But I think by the time I was 12, it was the kind of movie that I, I'm... This is going to sound made up, but I swear to you, parts of it were shown in like my grade school Yeah, maybe. School. Like, it's the kind of thing where the teachers went, well, I'm not going to be able to teach history any better than this. And,
1: and you know, I mean, it's, I think
0: it's... That's messed up. It's an R-rated movie, by the
1: way. Yeah, I mean, I remember in third grade was the first time I ever heard of the Holocaust and like a music teacher told us about it. And by the way, he told us like the most sort of grotesque, like little trivia facts about it. We're yeah. like, well, that can't happen. Why did that happen? Right, right. And, you know, all I was going to say is, um, I think there's a movie, a lot, you know, everyone knows of it. Everyone knows Spielberg won the Oscar. Everyone kind of, whether they've seen it or not, you know, Schindler's List kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't think it's a movie people watch much. It's because it's before. not on cable. Well, but it's also, I mean, how many times have you said, I think I want to sit down and watch Schindler's List tonight. Never. You know it's going to be a rough ride. I know. I didn't know it was going to be as rough as it is. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because you, you, the thing is, the, the Spielberg nickname brand. Exactly. means things are going to be polished and slick and product produced. and, produc- produce well, and the hand, you, you know. know,
1: the poster is like a hand holding a little hand, and it's like kind of like- You know, the clip you always see is Ben Kingsley saying, like, the list is real, this is a good thing, and this and that. You don't see, you know, bodies being shoveled into a pit, or, you know, uh, uh, Ray Fiennes sniping at prisoners from a balcony. you know, shooting children. Yeah, Um, and, well, we'll get to that, but I think, and one thing I, I respect about this movie is, not always, but for the most part, it's very... Clinical in that it's when he, and this is gonna sound horrible, but when he does shoot those children, it doesn't zoom in and like the music swells. It's just like, eh, here's another day in the camps pow, pow, pow. Uh, uh, Liam Neeson talks about that. He
0: says the reason why he does that is those people didn't matter to him. They were just anybody. Yeah. There's no, but, but you, Helen, the, the maid, the sort right, of, housekeeper,
1: yeah, his, yeah um, you're important to
0: him. He's not gonna just shoot you because you're an actual character.
1: And he, and he hates the fact that he's attracted to her. Yeah. He hates it. So, uh, So, but anyway. No, I know. I I just,
0: I, I I, want to frame this correctly. I am terrified that I'm going to say something offensive or misinterpret something. I can't emphasize enough how little I know about Jews or Jewish culture. I- I didn't, the first Jewish person I ever met, I might have met after college, graduating, and, and working at the Register Star with, with a former guest of the show, Max Gersh. Mm-hmm. I think Max Gersh might be the first Jewish person I ever met. It's shocking to me how little I know about this kind of stuff. So, when I watch, I go, I I cannot, and I don't want to lead this discussion into like a larger world <laughs> philosophy kind of thing. I cannot understand how you even look at somebody and go, oh, that person's Jewish, or or that person needs to be punished. I don't get it. I
1: don't I, understand. I would, well, just, I mean, replace Jewish with Arabic or Mexican. And I mean, it's 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 all about singling out the other sure. and saying they're to blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, your problems... That you're having in this country, the reason you can't get a job, they're to blame.
0: I couldn't stop thinking that. <laughs> That's
1: the Nazi speaking, not me. No, no, right no, 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 no.
0: I understand. Like, let's be like, I want to just be earnest and honest in this conversation. Well, but we got it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I don't want, I don't
1: want people it, being like, oh, a will said It's like, dude, we're not no. being funny. We're, we're not trying to trade. Yeah, we're, we're trying. I think we're trying to treat this as
0: a serious topic. We are. Yeah, this but is, but we're not going
1: to tiptoe around everything. I mean, we're going to talk about how it, it, the movie.
0: It, we're talking about the movie. And this isn't Catch Me If You Can, which is like fun and silly, and we can like joke about it. This is, you know, it's it's art but it's also sort of
1: i do think and i'll get to this i think it's interesting how spielberg puts a few jokes in this movie that's you know what let's let's talk about it right now especially it's front-loaded with jokes right because when you're meeting schindler right because liam neeson plays oscar schindler and he's he's a nazi he has a nazi lapel badge the entire movie and he sucks up the nazis i
0: get the sense from that though that's more like I, he's just knows it's good business. Yeah. He, well, he knows, like, if he doesn't wear the pin, if he doesn't join the party, like, he can't make well, any money. I mean, but
1: a lot, you know, and there's a, there's like, there's always this. I read a book called Explaining Hitler once. It was all examining a, sort of all that philosophy. And they said, is it more evil to join the Nazi party because you believe in it? Or is it more evil to join it because you don't really care one way or another, but it's, it's beneficial to you to join it. Right. And I mean, it's, you know, it's that moral ground and there's no answer, obviously, but and I think it's, it's
0: not a secret that Oscar Schindler is, is supposed to not be a good guy. No, he's making
1: money. He's, banging around why why he's like why would i pay a polish person when i could just pay a jewish person and yeah, save money because like, the poles they establish make more money right and again the jews they the jewish people are slave labor you can work them as hard as you want standard ss rate for jewish skilled laborers is seven marks a day five for unskilled and women this is what you pay the reich economic office the jews themselves receive nothing the poles you pay wages Generally, they get a little more. Are you listening? What was that about the SS? The rate? The what? The Jewish worker's salary. You pay it directly to the SS, not to the worker. He gets nothing. But it's less. It's less than what they would pay a pole. It's less. That's the point I'm trying to make. Poles cost more. Why should I hire polls?
0: There's funny bits like it's. Weird, right? Like where, uh, where the, the Jews have, they're in Krakow, Krakow, mm-hmm. and they have to sign up for these registration lists and they're arguing with each other. And there's like little yiddish flair thrown in, yeah. and there's it's there's like little lighthearted Whoa. moments where you you know, like this is a horrifying thing, but they're sort of
1: well, there it's it's makes it more human. I it mean normalizes it's like, it. yeah. I was thinking of the scene when he's trying to get a secretary, and this is like I mean, I've seen this joke in a million old movies where he like he's like auditioning for secretary or interviewing, and there's like all these beautiful young women and they can't type for shit. And he's like, Hmm, I'd like to hire you. And then there's like this old matronly woman, and she's just typing perfect and Oscar's sitting there scowling because he know she's the best. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that scene is like- I, Well, she's smoking. It's yeah. Pretty, I mean, that's a classic- Well, like, but I was thinking about
0: um, there's like a Jewish family and they've been kicked out of their beautiful mansion. Yes, rich rich people. Rich people. And they're shoved into like a- like they have a room and there's like six or seven other Jewish guys who come in and they're all going to share this one room now. Uh-huh. And the, the I think it's before the other guys come in though, it's like a husband and wife and they yeah. have this room to themselves. And he su- he says, "How could it be any worse?" Right, and then or how or how could it not be any worse? No, he's like, I think he's like, well, this is as bad as it's going to get. The wife says, "This isn't so
1: bad," and he says, "This isn't so bad." How yeah, could it possibly right. worse? And then I on fun but um,
0: it could be worse.
1: Huh? Tell me,
0: how on earth could
1: it possibly be worse? Bien dobre. bien dobre. bien dobre. bien dobre.
0: and then it cuts and then like very like traditional orthodox Jewish guys come in the room and you're like wow it is it's played for a joke yeah of course it is and then it cuts back to Oscar sitting in their bed going this house is perfect I live here and he
1: doesn't there's no point does Oscar say like maybe I shouldn't take this house because it was stolen from you know and there's a I mean um you know and there's many Jewish characters throughout the movie it's almost a, a chorus they have where they're like well at least at least we've hit bottom this right. is as bad as it's and going it to get, and of everywhere. course, it's never as bad as going. The other, this scene, and I—I I mean, I don't know if it's played for humor, but it's—it's it's definitely a dark joke where they're going to shoot an old Jewish man in the head, and the Nazis can't get the pistol to work, right? And they can't get to work in the candor and finally, I think it's Gert Ray finds aiming Gert, he just beats the poor old man with it, and, and then they walk, but, off. but then they leave, and the yeah. guy lives. But Um, it's like you know, it's like it's dark, but it's kind of staged like a joke, at least.
0: Yeah, and I guess you have to at least
1: at some point make something. It has there has to be some entertainment, otherwise, you know, why would you watch? it? As Brian Cranston, your buddy, said on Seinfeld when he was playing Tim Watley, the dentist who converted to Judaism, said, "It's our sense of humor that's kept us for three thousand years." Seinfeld by the way I just feel I'll bring this up as long as we talk about the quote unquote humor (laughs) of Schindler's List which we may be the first people ever to talk about that there's a great episode of Seinfeld where not only uh, Jerry's parents are in his apartment they're staying with him and so he can't get alone with his girlfriend and when they finally get alone they make out and the only way they got alone was they went to go see Schindler's List and they're making out in Schindler's List and then later the uh, friend of Elaine's uh, was taking Jerry's parents all around town and he feels bad that he couldn't uh, take them more places, and it becomes a dead-on parody of Liam Neeson's last scene in the movie.
0: Oh, sure, sure, all right. So, there you go. I don't. I've, I never was a Seinfeld guy. Yeah, I don't explain it. I was. It was like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I was slightly too young for it, and then when like the wave of reruns come, I just was like, uh, I'm into other stuff. Uh, I think. The, the movie is obviously because things get worse so the, <laughs> they get worse so most of the jokes do happen early and like, let's be clear it's not like
1: funny there's just, no it's there are just, and and to be honest life has humor yeah and yeah. some and people when they are in a bad situation sometimes they react with well what are you gonna you know they react with humor it's it's realistic. It wouldn't feel right if everyone was just completely dour the entire time.
0: But when the scenes come that are not humorous, when like the, the shower scenes, the gas chamber scenes, when any of that stuff happens, it's it's so
1: bleak. It's like- Oh, yeah. That shower scene might be the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. I'm going to talk about that shower scene. Okay. Okay. This is one of my problems I have with the movie. Okay. there's This is fairly late in the movie. Real but, late. Yeah. Because essentially, Oscar has gotten all of- quote-unquote, his Jews, out of the camp. He's taking them to a factory where they essentially will be safe. Do you want to... I don't mean to... Maybe we should... Yeah, we got to set this up yeah, a okay, little bit, okay. right? Uh, so, so, Oscar, through great effort and through the help of an accountant, um, Itzhak Stern, played by Ben Kingsley, he gets workers assigned to his factories and he is able to give them sort of special privileges and but, but this special privileges mean essentially they won't be killed on site.
0: Right. They don't get because because if you kill a worker
1: now the production now they, stops and the war effort slows down. And they owe him money. Right. So he makes it all this like economic thing and he kind of acts as if he doesn't really care. You can tell he he cares more and more throughout, but you can never quite get a read on him. Yeah. Um, and so, th- a lot of the movie is, is sort of a, a game going back and forth between him and Eamon Gert, played by Ray Fiennes. Who's and terrifying. He is terrible. That is, I mean, that's the first thing I ever saw him in. He's amazing. He's And he's so young. It's he's weird young, to see him so young. And he's kind of, like, you think about, like, cliched movie Nazis where they're all very crisp and officious. And he's kind of, like... Like, he's kind of got a pot belly. He's sloppy and He's sloppy. He's kind of, like, put the seed. Like, he's just kind of a jerk. But he's very believable. I mean, yeah, he's literally standing on his balcony because he has a little villa outside the camp. And just for no reason, he just has a rifle and he's just shooting prisoners in the camp. And And his wife
0: yells at him from the window. What are you doing? You're such a child.
1: Yeah. Which I was just like, oh, it's...
0: I can't... This movie affected me, man. Like, well, I was watching it going like... I wanted to, like, yell at the TV. How could you say that? You know? And it's like... I felt because like a sucker talking care. to my TV. Because but, they were not human to them. Right? They were just... And thing. he makes that. He makes a speech. Ray finds he makes a speech about that. Where he's like... um for a minute, I almost thought you were a person. Yeah, like, to when he's trying to like come onto his. He his has help. um
1: his uh with Helen Hirsch, who's Elizabeth Debets, who's been in a ton of stuff since then. But she's like, she becomes his maid. She well, he he's he
0: picks. He's like says these twenty women stand in line, and then he says, "Which of you have been housemaids?" And like nineteen of
1: them raise yeah. their hand,
0: and he goes. On second thought, I don't want somebody else's
1: maid. So, he picks the one who didn't raise her hand. Yeah. And you're now my maid. You're my maid. And, you know, he treats her like shit and he beats her. And there's one point she says, like, he beat me and then I asked him why he was beating me. And then he beat me because I asked him why he was beating he me. He said, because you asked. Yeah. And he's very, he's, you know, he's sexually attracted to her. I mean, let's be honest. She's very attractive. And it's weird. That one scene where he's kind of talking to her and the sexual tension's up. She's, like, wearing, like, a wet, like, not a negligee, but like a nightgown or something. Yeah. And so it's very see-through. It's a weird because it's almost like I don't know. I think that mo- that scene has a weird sexual thing to it that maybe isn't quite appropriate. Uh, like yes. you see her because. You see her as a sexual object too. The viewer does, and should you really be kind of put in the ever identifying with him? But right. maybe that's the whole point. It's like I who knows.
0: But there's another layer on top of that where she doesn't say anything. The whole scene. No, she just stands there. She's crying. terrified, of course. And he he's like, you're right, you're right. You know,
1: he like talks around like circular, like for we're her. Not, we're not so different from you know. And then he gradually he realizes he loves a, or not loves he lusts after a Jewish girl. Then he hates himself for it. So he takes it out on her. Takes it out on her, of yeah. course. He's not going to take it on himself. I would like so much to... reach out and... touch you in your loneliness. What, 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 that, what would that be like, I wonder? I mean... <laughs> what would be wrong with that? And no, I realize that you're not... a, a person in the, the strictest sense of the word, but... <sighs> Well, maybe you're right about that too, you know, maybe what's, what's wrong isn't, it's not us, it's, it's know, this. I mean, when, when they compare you to, to uh, vermin, and to rodents, to lice, I just, uh, So, But he's a terrifying character. So that's why you really feel the tension of Schindler needs to protect his people. He can't protect everybody, but he protects his people.
0: So he has his factory. He's got something like 850 people or whatever Mm -hmm. working for him. A
1: factory, by the way, that used to be owned by Jews that he bought. He bought because they were, they were all taken by, by, away from their town. Yeah. And so he bought with money from Jews and he basically said, I'll give you pots and pans from it. That's all you, that's all you, you money's no good. To you now it's
0: interesting. He, cause he says money's fine now, but in, in a couple of weeks, things are going to be worse. Right. And he knows. Yeah. He knows.
1: And they, they essentially know too. And then when they take, when they do the, the, the Warsaw ghetto, this, the big scene where they just go in and get everybody and he and his, he and his wife are riding or he is. Girlfriend, I can't remember if it's girlfriend or wife, but it's just
0: no, I think that's just another girl.
1: Another, they're riding horses, and then that's when there's a thing Spielberg does with this little girl in like a red, he tints her coat. It's <laughs> like it's a completely black going movie, except for a little bit at the beginning, and then we can talk about. But um, he just tints her coat a little bit so you can identify her. Yeah. Which is in I've I kind of went back and forth on that. I want him like, eh, it's kind of a cheap gag. But on the other hand, I think I like it because. If he had focused on the girl, like you got to know the girl in that, you run the risk of saying, I care about that girl. But when you- But she's a symbol. Right. But when you just see her as part of everyone, you're like, she's not, not, not special about her. All This is happening to all these people.
0: So, I, I read a little bit about why he made it black and white and sort of the symbolism. Because the movie opens up in color- it's like a, a they're Jewish, lighting a
1: candle, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: like a Sunday service kind of thing in a home. I I I cannot tell you how ignorant I am. There's some sort of I believe it's a Saturday service. <laughs> Is it a Saturday or Friday? not
1: okay. it's, it's it's Saturday. I don't I mean, know anything. Hey, okay, I don't know much either.
0: But a candle's being lit and like a menorah's being lit and lit, and then uh. Uh, as the candle fades away, the, the all picture desaturates. Right, yeah. And so the last thing you see, it's a black and white shot with the yellow light. The light goes out, and now we're stuck in black and white.
1: And by the way, it's weird to say about a movie with such brutality, but that black and white looks gorgeous throughout. It's yeah. so beautifully There's filmed. a
0: few I, – I mean, I, I would have liked to see it be a little more contrasty. I know that's a weird thing for me to criticize. I just – I thought there was a lot of, like, flat gray, but – whatever right i'm sorry
1: uh, we couldn't make the holocaust prettier for you but <laughs>
0: fuck i knew it I, so uh but apparently he was trying to show you the, like like the jewish people like the light has gone out like the, the color has sure. faded the world has gotten black and, and dark and gray and that little girl represents the light and at the end when the movie when it's over it fades back up to color as
1: things kind of right the war ends they get rescued things get, by the way we see that little girl's body on a one of hundreds of bodies. I mean, which is
0: the moment when Schindler stops being wishy-washy about helping. Right. Like he, I thought that, that was a little hokey. yeah, I know, that's that, that's Spielberg. You know, right? Spielberg that's, is yeah, a little
1: hokey, well, and we'll get to where I think Spielberg really kind of lets his where he. But anyway, at the so end. So the but. well, let's
0: let's get back to the shower scene. Uh, okay, he's got his he's got his eight hundred nine hundred thousand workers, whatever, at his factory. Right, that,
1: he gets them on the trains. Uh, well, uh, the men me, and the women on
0: separate trains. So, so he's got his factory running, and the they've they've they. Uh, it's a very famous event where they they abandon the ghetto of Krakow. Like they right. basically
1: because the war's almost over.
0: Yeah, so they they push all the Jews out of Krakow into concentration camps. Right, that's what's going to happen, and that also means that Schindler has no labor force anymore. Mm-hmm. So things are over. So he heads to this camp to meet Ray Fines. And that's where he starts to negotiate for- And
1: essentially, he's willing to spend- Because he's made a shit ton of money. He's become a very wealthy man. This is where he spends all of it to save them. And so- Every penny he's got. He ends up bribing all
0: of it, using all his money to get his people back, to get those people Mm -hmm. back, because he's grown attached to them. He knows them all now. They're his his people. people. And he also, because he saw that little girl in red die- now he realizes it's the right thing to do at this point, is like it's not, they're not just prophets. Now they're humans. And he agrees. The 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 Germans agree. Okay, we'll give you back your people since you bribed us so well. Yeah, they don't care one way or another. I have a shipment coming in tomorrow. I'll cut you three hundred units from it. New ones. These are fresh. The train comes, we turn it around. Mm, yes,
1: yes. It's yours. I understand. I want these.
0: Men and women are put on different trains. We're going to ship them to your factory at your hometown in Czechoslovakia.
1: Right. And so,
0: the men get to the factory, the women get sent the to men, Auschwitz.
1: The, and and I, here's how that scene plays. And I think the first part of it is, I remember sitting in the theater and the train is like, where are the women? And they're chugging along in the train. Again, beautiful black and white winter scenes.
0: Yeah. And yeah. the train it's not, comes. it's not winter. It's like bodies burning it's like ash I think that part is it's winter i never knew i could never no, tell this well, no there is snow- there is a
1: scene earlier where they're like what is that and that's the ashes this later i think is it oh, is okay, winter okay. but the train comes black and white comes chugging and and then the title just comes up auschwitz yeah. and it's like it's almost like you're watching a movie and it's like this is the moment that you were waiting for because yeah. this everyone's heard of auschwitz and you're like this is where there's it, that work it gets will as set you free. bad as it's going to get yeah arbert mcfrey oh work will set you free and it's like you know the train comes in and so you're like okay this is where it really gets bad and they get the women off women and girls women and girls children yeah and they're they shave their heads cut them and then they send them into the showers and already they've talked about the rumors of the showers i mean it's not like everybody you know it's not like there were newspaper articles about the showers but word gets around and they go in the showers and they're waiting and it's like this is the worst that's going to happen. And then they turn out to be showers, water showers. And they bathe in this and that. And then basically, Schindler says, those are mine. Get them back. And they they get them back. Yeah. I mean, I understand it would be a completely different movie if those were gas showers. I still think it's a little bit of a cheat. I think it's almost like a, a rescue at the last minute kind of a thing in the movie where they're in the showers. But no, they're just water showers and this and that. And I... I mean, it's that moment when they pull in Auschwitz is so powerful, and I just feel like it's kind of like he—he he just couldn't do it. He couldn't—he couldn't deliver that dark moment. He kind of—he got right up the edge, and then he pulled back. Yeah. yeah I mean, again, okay, it's a
0: different movie. I was—I th- was thinking about a way to to counter you, but now that last line actually sold me on it because I, I was thinking about it from a story perspective, like servicing the plot we, everything that happens to those women, they get off the train, they get their head shaved, they're stripped naked, they're shoved into these chambers.
1: Right.
0: That's, they they tell that story an hour earlier right. in the movie and and all the girls sit and talk and you're in like the girls' you're in the camp or yeah. whatever you're in and they're beds. like, that can't possibly be yeah, true. Yeah, why would they do that? Because if it was true, how would it ever gotten out? They all would have died. Right, yeah. Like, that story can't possibly be real and then it starts happening to them and you, you it's a slow scene. It's like a 15 minute scene. Yeah. So like, it builds and builds and builds and you're like,
1: Oh shit, it is gonna happen. That's why I think I mean it it seems like he's milking what you think is because you know what you think is gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, even if you even if you never heard of Auschwitz or the showers, you've been primed for it. And I just think it's kind of a cheat. Now, on the other hand, because these are not I mean, many of them are, but these are not all fictional characters. Right. So they did survive the camps. Yeah. I haven't read deeply into it enough to know if the train actually was routed. But It, it doesn't auschwitz. matter
0: if it's true or not, it's how it's played and, and it how it just it's just kind and of
1: feels that that's my that is one problem I have with the movie, and the other is a scene at the very end. But I mean, it's not enough to ruin the movie, and certainly there's great stuff, but I always feel just kind of like that scene. It feels like a lesser movie at that point.
0: That's interesting. I I I was shaken watching it. It and, is shaken and
1: relieved. I know, but I mean, should you be relieved in a movie? I mean- Yeah, I see your- Yeah. You know I what see. I mean? I mean, we're not talking about like some science fiction world where we're talking about, you know, the real Auschwitz.
0: And and something that is so real and so serious that it's really not- you can't really interpret it. Don't mess with it. Um, I, I would say that I don't think he was afraid to show it. I mean, he, he shows us- um, like, we see a scene that is just heartbreaking where, like, this little boy is standing in a line at the, the pre, the, uh, it's like mini Auschwitz. I don't know what the first camp was, but yeah, it's, it's the same it style is. camp. It's just a different it's one. It's not than,
1: on the same scale as, yeah, fair, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And the little boy looks around and kind of realizes this line I'm standing in is a death line. Yeah. Like, I'm going to end up on the back of a truck sent to a gas chamber. So he bails and runs and he keeps trying to find hiding spots and there's kids already who figured it out too already mm-hmm. so the spot he picks is he jumps into the
1: shitter and that was like an image that like they showed like on photos and posters and stuff
0: it's it's miserable and it's like it's you know, I know it's, it's like I mean and that again it's the it's, classic little boy with giant eyeballs See, who it looks me, like my goddamn kids
1: that's a little but again I think Spielberg's being a little too sentimental and stuff like that it's like we all feel bad for this little boy yeah but do we feel bad for the 5,000 other little boys well there's
0: there's a the, the other boy right before that who like is clean uh ray finds his toilet or his bathtub he's like he's scrubbing it and well, he, he says to i can't get the, the stain out and you go did you use lie and he's like yeah. no, i didn't use lie so all right we'll go home i'll work on it whatever well
1: but but because he says because liam neeson tells ray finds he's like you have more power if you pardon them power is when we have every justification to kill and we don't you think that's power That's what the emperor said. A man's thought something. He's brought in before the emperor. He throws himself down on the ground. He begs for mercy. He knows he's going to die, and the emperor pardons him. This worthless man. He lets him go. I think you are drunk. That's power, Emma. Um, that is power. And so Ray Fiennes tries that for a little bit, but eventually Ray Fiennes is like, yeah, fuck that, I don't yeah. care, and he goes back to being his old bastard. And self. he
0: shoots that kid. Yeah, and it's bleak. It is. And I, it doesn't. It's not played for drama. It's not played. I mean, yeah. I think that's Spielberg saying this is
1: real. But like, see, the, to me, the Holocaust thing is these are care. I mean, and it's hard to keep track of all the characters, yeah. but you do recognize faces, and you do. You know, you do spot certain people. I can't remember their names. In I can't the movie. I can either. Yeah, but you do get to know some of them, and um, and it feels weird to be saying that. Like, oh, they're all the Jews. But yeah. I mean, you, but you do know certain characters. Well, it's it's the chorus. It's yeah. you know, it's the the end the, the cast. And I just think Spielberg didn't want to like take these characters who we sort of gotten to know and been rooting for, and then nope. They died in Auschwitz, which happened to a lot of people.
0: I, I think it's a super fair point. I didn't think about it like that. I, I liked the scene as it was constructed from like a,
1: like a piece of- It's beautifully constructed. I mean, and it's beautifully filmed. And I still- That scene of the- I mean, for me, when the train comes chugging in, and then it's like, you see that title come up, and it's like, you're, it, it was so, it was like, your worst fears are coming. You know what's
0: funny about that? I, I didn't feel that. I thought- I was like invested in the, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're not supposed to be there. They're supposed to be at the other place. And I was just thinking about the, how would that have happened? And why would that have happened? And I wasn't like bombarded with the doom. I was more like- uh, I thought,
1: I mean, I thought the whole movie is like, we're going to see a movie about the Holocaust. Eventually it's going to end up in Auschwitz. Sure. Just because for a, I mean, it wasn't really, but for a lot of people, Auschwitz equals the Holocaust.
0: Yeah, yeah, right,
1: right, right. And um, you know, it's interesting when he's, um when, because uh, Schindler then, when he goes to Auschwitz, to To get them out, to bargain with the camp commandant, you know, and it's like, and that guy is just, he's not like Ray Fiennes. He's like kind of mostly in shadow and he's very cold and he's talking about, why do you need these people? I can get you other Jews and this and yeah, that. Yeah, I can and, get
0: you Czech Jews yeah. or whatever. And yeah. he
1: says, I don't know if you picked this up. I don't know how much World War II history you know, but he says like, He says, like the you know the people at IG Farben, they took these Jews and this and that. I do know about that. IG Farben is they made Zyklon B, which was the gas that was used in the camps.
0: And they like the they like purchased three hundred people, and the first experiments like they all died. So they called them back. We're like, we need three hundred more, just like before. It's like. Jesus. Well, and that's, well, anyway. now that is where a couple episodes ago you mentioned Bear. That's right. Bear was one of the five or six companies that Bear. made up IG.
1: And all those, remember cassette tapes used to be BASF? That's the company too.
0: Oh, I, don't, I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. No. Here's yeah. the thing. If you, uh, <laughs> it's best not to look too closely into companies like uh, uh, Volkswagen. Mercedes-Benz, Volkswagen, um, do you know the designer Hugo Boss? Have you ever heard of him? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, well, he got his start designing those very crisp looking SS uniforms for the Nazis. Sure. <laughs> I mean, those companies not run by the same people, but a lot of them relied on slave labor to get up and running when, uh, you know, it's a, it's quite an advantage if you don't have to pay for employees. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, as, as Mr.
1: Schindler and this, knew. And this history is, I mean, on the one hand, it's way back in World War II, but on the other hand, it's not a thousand years ago. There are yeah. people still alive.
0: Yeah, these are these are great grandparents of, of us. You know, yeah. like that's. So you said you had a problem with the last scene in the yeah. movie too.
1: Yeah. Um, and it, okay, at the end, Oscar saves them all. They're in his factory. Essentially, they don't even. He doesn't want to deliver a single working shell to the camps. To, oh, I mean, yeah, to yeah, the we
0: got to kind of re. I, I'm sorry to, to do mm-hmm. this a lot, but uh, so. His his first factory was making pots and pans. Pots and pans. They, but it was abandoned because all of the the Jews of Krakow were moved to to concentration camps right. or work camps. So he set up a new factory, uh, and that's where he said, "I need my people back to, to make work. military
1: shells." And we're going to make military. And he shells said and he stuff. wanted the kids because how is she going to polish the inside the shells? Right. Which you know probably yeah, that's they probably good. did use slave labor for kids. You know they've used slave labor for kids for worse things. But yeah, like um, in Blade Runner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. So he, um, he tells, uh, he tells him he doesn't want to deliver any working shells. He doesn't, this factory is not supposed to make money. They don't care. They're just waiting out the war and everyone kind of knows the war is coming to an end. Um, and he tells all the, cause there are Nazi guards assigned there, but he says like, you are not allowed to shoot these prisoners on site you will have to pay me, you know? So he sets up like they're, they're fairly safe there. News comes across that Germany has surrendered and he tells the guards like, if I were you, I would just get out. And so they go. Like, yeah. There are no more guards. Schindler's like, and the, but Schindler's got a ditch because he is- He's a, a Nazi. Nazi. He's yeah. a Nazi and he's they're going they're to gonna track him down. So he puts on um, actually like prisoner's clothes. He's by far the biggest, beefiest <laughs> concentration yeah. camp prisoner we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. um, But he has this scene at the end where he's talking where- Ben Kingsley, who's um, he, it's a major character we haven't really talked about much, but he's the accountant who sort of orchestrated all this, kept track of everything, kept track of the bribes, kept track of birthdays of Nazis he had to suck up to, you know, all that stuff. He kept it all running. Yeah. And um, he says, like, you've saved all these people. And um, they, uh, you know, this is all this is because of you. And then Schindler's like you know, like if, if I had sold my car, I could have saved these. If I had done this, I could have, you know, I could have saved three more. And like, he takes his Nazi bad, badge pin. He's like, this could have been one more person saved. And then he like breaks down crying. And I think it's a step too far. I, think I, it, I, I agree. It just goes too far. Schindler was so interesting because you couldn't read him. I could have gotten more. Asuka, there are 1,100 people who are
0: alive because of you. Look at them. If I made more money,
1: <laughs> I threw away so much money.
0: <laughs> you have no idea <laughs>
1: if I just... There will be generations because of what you did. I didn't do enough. You did so much. He doesn't need that. We know what he's done. And when he... Has that moment at the end where they give him like, they give him a letter saying like, this is, we're giving you a letter saying what you've done for us, you know, to help him if he gets captured. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that's the other part where there's the misstep where it's like, it's too much. If he had pulled back a little bit, I think it'd be way more effective.
0: Spielberg, uh, you and I had an offline discussion about this uh, today, I think. Uh, Spielberg cannot help but be sentimental and nostalgic all the time.
1: You're right. He, yeah.
0: And it's something that I, I was thinking about. I, I, this isn't a fully formed thought, so maybe I'll you know I'll let you run with it. But when I think <laughs> of '90s movies, I think of sentimentality, nostalgia, schmaltz. I think of I think of Titanic being bookended by the old lady throwing her jade or whatever into the river. I think of Saving Private Ryan with him visiting a grave, or you know, like this movie ends with him visiting a grave. I know you know. It's not all Spielberg. Uh, 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 Shawshank Redemption has that sort of, there's this, oh, it's very there's tone of sentimentality that when I think of the nineties and maybe I'm really thinking of like 93 to 98 or something. I don't know, but like I really, that's what I identify with in the nineties is,
1: is the Spielberg. I don't know, like selling you your, your past. See, I think of, I mean, this movie obviously came out in the nineties. All those movies you meant, mentioned came out in the nineties. I think of. Although Spielberg had a hell of a decade in the 90s. I mean, he made this, he made Jurassic Park, he made Saving Private Ryan, he made, you know, made a lot of Catch Me If You Can, which yeah, I reviewed last totally. week. But I think of Spielberg as the 80s. You do? Okay. Because to me, it's that whole big Hollywood, glossy, you know, sentimental- yeah,
0: Raiders plus- Raiders. Raiders jaw. Well, Jaws is the 70s, but-
1: E.T. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, even movies that he didn't directly do, like Back to the Future- or movies that were influenced by him. I mean, I and and for me, the '90s, all those movies. You're right; they all came out in the '90s. But the movies I remember most about the '90s, and I think, I think of as '90s movies, are movies like David Fincher's movies, Seven and Fight Club, or Wes Anderson's movies, which are sentimental but in a way more yeah. ironic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Paul Thomas Anderson's, like Boogie Nights, or um Tarantino which are not sentimental. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, they're the opposite That's fair. That, and
0: that probably comes from you being the film guy who wanted to see artists do their jobs and me being a guy who went to the theaters because there was a big movie out this week.
1: Well, but that's, you I know. mean, but look at 94. <laughs> you have Shawshank. Yeah. You have Forrest Gump, which was a huge blockbuster hit. A and big one, sentimental thing. Giant sentimental. I mean, that movie, it's directed by Bob Zemeckis, who was a Spielberg protege. Um, And then you have- you, that movie, when you hear about those two years, it's always, or that the that year, it's always Forrest Gump on the one hand, Pulp Fiction on the other. Those are the two movies, like, in contrast. Yeah. And, I mean, some people have said, like, oh, they're not that different. But Pulp Fiction is not sentimental. No, no, it's all. not at all. It plays death for fun and, you know, it's a great movie. Um, So, I don't, I mean, in this movie, I think it's Spielberg trying to break out, but it's those few moments, like, when he Schindler just can't, down, he can't help he it. He can't help it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it'll be stronger cuz Liam Neeson is very good in this movie.
0: Yeah, you know one thing I I don't think he gets enough uh, criticism for and, and not that I I've, I've not even thought about Schindler's List in my entire life until this week when I watched it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, bear with me, but he pulls a uh, Kevin Costner Robin Hood here. We're about halfway through the movie. He goes, ah, fuck it. I'm Irish. And he starts. Yeah. His he, accent just goes away. He kind of
1: does. But it doesn't really. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't need him to, you know, be. And he's, you know, he he has a tough role because he's the guy you you shouldn't get close to Schindler. Well, he's the likable asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very likable. Yeah. I mean, and I was think in the post-Taken thing, it's funny how he keeps talking about how certain Jewish workers, they need a particular set they of skills. They have a very special set of just skills. Set <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he says it more than once. <laughs> And he's, those early scenes, like when there's a, this whole, not a montage, but this whole scene where he goes to this nightclub and he ends up schmoozing like every Nazi there. He's just effortless. And to me, I mean, I criticize the, that whole Auschwitz twist and the, and the thing at the end with uh, Schindler. But this movie is made. It's just, you know, it's made with such a high level of craft. I mean, it's edited well. It's not... It's a long movie, and I'm not saying it feels like a short movie, but it never really drags. It it knows when to change characters, and it knows you know it knows when you've seen enough. Okay, this is what it was like for the Jewish people in the ghetto. Now we're going to show you a little bit about the camp. Now we're going to cut back to Schindler doing his thing. Now we're going to do this and
0: the scenes, the scene like, uh, I, I I sorry, I'm struggling to frame this. I I, I want to push back. I think a little bit on you saying he was unwilling to show the gas chamber. Because the scenes in Krakow are
1: really brutal. Right. But I think he was unwilling to... I'm not saying he's unwilling to show it or even to show brutality, but I think after the whole time of us getting to know these characters, he didn't want anything to happen to those characters. Yeah. And I think seeing brutal things happen to characters you barely know is one thing, but if you've spent a whole movie with a character, then to just... Well, that's why That's
0: why I think the kid who tried to clean the bathtub dying was notable because we knew his name. I don't can't think of it right now, but like... Helen the 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 waitress Jesus Helen the, uh, the maid the maid the the housekeeper like talks about him getting the little boy getting beaten and mm-hmm. talks about that specific character and then that scene later he's killed
1: yeah I mean and, and I will say this I mean because that scene I talked about with Schindler is not technically the very end um Schindler flees and the I believe it's the Russian troops come in yeah. to camp and they're and I thought this was good it was almost played like not a joke but kind of like Like a big kind of like, where they're like, they're free now. Finally. This is what they've been dreaming of for literally years. And And they're like, where do we go? And they're like, well, don't go there because they hate you. And don't go there because they hate you. Uh, There's a town right over there. Start there. And they start, I mean, imagine this little town when a thousand Jews come marching into your town. Oh, my God. And he just said, uh.
0: Are, are there any Jews left? And yeah. the, the soldier says nothing. Yeah. He just blinks. And I was like, oh God. I mean, that's the thing. Punch, the
1: enormity right? of the Holocaust. I mean, it was going to, you know, they didn't know it at that point. Have you been in Poland?
0: I just came from Poland.
1: Are there any Jews left?
0: Where should we go? Don't go east, that's for sure. They hate you there. I wouldn't go west either if I were you. We could use some food.
1: Isn't that a town over there? I will say this. I think, and maybe it's sentimental, but I think it really works, is the very end of the movie, um, it tells you, like, this happened, Oscar Schindler, blah, blah, blah. And they show his actual grave. Mm -hmm. And then they show... The characters, f- not characters, the people. Well, they show the people and the characters. And they're with their them. actors. Yeah. And they're laying stones on his grave. And I thought that was very effective.
0: Apparently, that was decided like way at the end. So, they had to like scramble yeah. production to get I mean,
1: that cut. was... And you know, the thing is, I'm sure... I mean, that movie came out how long ago. I'm sure most of those people are dead now. Oh, I'm the sure. The actual Chandler yeah. Jews. But it's interesting. And then the... The very last thing, although they will not make a big deal, is you see one person almost in silhouette put flowers on. It, and that's Liam Neeson. I yeah, think. yeah, but just it's it's, a good. it's just a simple ending, but and nobody says anything for
0: that little bookend thing. It's it's like all those other movies, like like Saving Private Ryan and and um, I guess even even Forrest Gump. You know, with the bench. You know, yeah. things get. I feel like everything has that. Yeah, that I area.
1: mean, it's a you know, I mean, it's it's a classic thing. I mean, Saving Private Ryan. I mean, Sam Prime Ryan has great things in it, but I think that's where his sentimentality really hurts yeah, him at points. Yeah,
0: sure, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, God, I, I feel terrible saying I liked this movie because I, I gotta say I didn't like this movie, but I, I, I don't want to watch it again. It's, it's a hell of a movie. It's a hell of a movie uh, that I never want to
1: see again. I know, but <laughs> if you haven't seen it and you're up for it, I would, you know, watch it. It's, it's, uh, you know, and I mean, it sounds cliched, but this happened, and feels- there are people who. Want to claim it didn't happen or it wasn't that bad or not those da. people. I know.
0: I just I hate everybody. I do too. Get off Twitter, everybody. Uh, one one other thing I, I want to mention before we wrap this up. Um, Spielberg had this sitting on his plate for like 15 years before he agreed to do it.
1: Right, and I think part of that was he didn't feel he was ready. For, I mean, he it, says that he's like, yeah. I just was a kid. I didn't understand. Sure. And that's uh, a good. I mean, more people should maybe have that patience. Again, yeah. Spielberg kind of knew he could always get it made. You know, I, I think friend. he put some personal investment into well, it. Well,
0: the, somebody the book the the book is not
1: called Schindler's List; it's Schindler's, Schindler's Ark, I believe. Schindler's Ark, which and, makes I mean, I see it as the metaphor. You can see why they call it. That. I think it was a best-selling book. I think Thomas Kinnelly, I believe,
0: and they gave it to Spielberg. The uh, um, who's his studio? I don't know who. Oh, Amblin or well, Amblin's his yeah. studio, but like he works for it's not Warner, but it's whoever he works. Whoever for, he was working, I, for. I forget. I can so, I apologize. Universal, I think it's Universal. I feel Maybe. like the the big globe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Probably. it's Universal. They <laughs> say. Globe. I just think well I think of the, I'm sorry, I think of the openings of movies and I think Universal is the one where the earth spins in space yeah. and then I'm positive the next thing is E.T. on the bike and this is the Amblin Entertainment. That's uh, Amblin. Yeah, yeah and I know I'm pretty sure those two are always paired. And this so, is
1: pre-Dreamworks, so.
0: Right. So uh uh but they they asked him to read it and he was like, "Yeah, it's obviously really good." So then they bought the rights yeah. right away and then it sat for like 30
1: years. Well, then the thing is, I mean, or you know, maybe not thirty,
0: but, but a while. Know, decades.
1: You got a guy like Spielberg, who is obviously he's a he's a director who's becoming one of Hollywood's biggest directors. And he's an ambitious director. I mean, he doesn't just want to make Indiana Jones sequels his entire life, although he seems to be doing that. But, <laughs> you know, he 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 has like artistic ambition. Yeah. And as a a Jewish guy, you get the feeling like he's thinking like, I want to tackle the Holocaust in a movie. However, how do you do that? You can't just say, I'm going to make a movie about the Holocaust. It's like, how, how do you get into that story? And so when he found this book, it's like, here's a way to tell a story set in the Holocaust. You can't just say like, I'm going to tell the story of the Holocaust. That's You I could thought, never make that movie.
0: I thought I read that the screenwriter, the first screenwriter wrote it. And then the turn, like um, like Schindler turning into like the hero was instant and so they ended up rewriting it and i i saw like in the wikipedia or something it was like the guy the second pass guy like he had it for four years and i was like
1: oh my god you know things move slow in hollywood yeah and then the next
0: guy had it for a couple years and it just and eventually um i i feel like um spielberg had tried to hire a couple other people to direct for him you know like i mean
1: i i wouldn't be surprised if he was nervous to make this yeah no i I think he was this is his he doesn't want to drop this ball
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. That sort of summarizes our final thoughts. I don't know if there's anything else you want to bring into this.
1: No, I think, I mean, you know, it's, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it has some serious faults, but it's definitely a movie you should watch. And and I like a movie when I'm done that I feel like I've watched something. Yeah. In this movie, you definitely feel like you have watched something. I
0: never once went, like...
1: I regret my time. Right. I wish I wish or, I hadn't. Or I, I also never thought as brutal as it is. This is too much. Or or,
0: or this is inappropriate. Or no, you know, it's it's like it feels like a guy who wanted to treat this topic seriously and respectfully and
1: and um, but but not too much from a distance. I yeah. mean, you know, those scenes as brutal as they are, where people are just getting shot, and you see it's in black and white, but you see brains splayed across the ground. I mean, but it's. Yeah, it should it there, should have that. During, it should be
0: unpleasant. during that that um, like the riots of Krakow when they're when they're forcing flushing people out of the city, uh, people are trying to hide in various places, and it's it's interesting because there's a pretty long terrifying scene where the Nazis bust into all these houses yeah. and apartments and kick everybody out, but then it becomes nighttime and it's like round two, yeah, and they come back and they start going they they're like li- they have like uh stethoscopes on walls listening mm-hmm. for people in the walls, and it's like. It's horrifying. It is. It's And there's one guy who ingeniously like strapped himself to the underside of his bed. Yeah. So when they look under the bed, they don't see him. When they sit on the bed, you don't notice him. And then one of the Nazis like flips the bed sideways and, and they see him is. and they just, it's like, pow, yeah. get on the spot. And you're like,
1: it just, it stops you. In a movie like this, I think there should be moments when you're like, oh, or think like, that's too far. That's too much. Yeah. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. I mean, that it sh- it shouldn't be an I
0: agree. I agree with that. That is what we thought of Schindler's List. We'd love to know what you thought. Find us on Apple Podcasts at Out of Theaters. I have no new reviews to read this week, but we do appreciate you guys. We really love five star reviews. Um, we read them on the air if we can. And uh,
1: and we appreciate, too, all the, you know, when we'll post something on Facebook and we get a little discussion going. Appreciate that. It's, yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. So feel free. If you. You know, you want to reach out to us or have a question, we're around. It's easy to find us on social media. So, If if do. something
0: sarcastic is being posted to Facebook, that's usually me. And if something thought-provoking or interesting is, that's usually <laughs> Will. <laughs> I can't wait to think. We're doing this the night before the Oscars. I cannot wait to thank or congratulate Joker on the Out of Theater but Space. Do you re-
1: let me ask you a question. Do you really think Joker deserves to win, like, a best picture? No I mean you saw No, but I think it's it's not unlikely that it wins. I, I would say like I'm I'm making
0: this up on the spot, but let's say Joker has a fifteen percent chance of winning best picture. Like it's it's in the realm of possibility. I don't think it will. It
1: is. But I think it's like it I mean you didn't like it as much as say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, did you? No, okay, no, of okay, course okay, okay, not.
0: Okay. Of course not. I mean, I don't know. I I, I, I like I know I like, you liked it more than me. I like needling you, and I, I, I honestly know. think it's nowhere near as bad the pe- people are very polarized in this movie and they, what sucks is like the dumbest people seem to love it and the smartest <laughs> people seem to hate it So as, as
1: plays out right here right, okay
0: I'm gonna throw my water bottle at eh. you but I do find myself going like I think you guys are I think you're selling it a little short I don't want to talk about the Joker anymore
1: okay but I think you're I think you're
0: just a little bit off what are we gonna watch next week, Will?
1: Well, uh, I was gonna say let's watch something lighter, which pretty much anything would be lighter on <laughs> <in> Timbers' <laughs> list. But this isn't exactly. Actually,
0: real. I think I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I think we should watch something older. I've I've led you astray. We have watched okay. a lot of '90s, and we've and done a lot of Spielberg. Because I realized we also did Jaws this season. This this particular in our first sixteen movies here, I think we've done three. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, but we didn't do like any before. Yeah. So,
1: so we're we're gonna do a, a director we've done before, but not in a while. Billy Wilder, okay. who I would say is one of my Two favorite all time American directors.
0: Big fan of guys named Bill, Will, William, or Willie. There
1: you go. Billy Wilder. He also directed The Apartment, arguably my all time favorite movie, and Sunset Boulevard, which we've done. Um, And it's gonna, we're gonna do something with Kirk Douglas, who died recently, one of the great Hollywood sort of stars. Um, died at the age of 103, <laughs> which is a Jesus hell of a run. Christ. I know he's twice as old as you. 103. Are you going to double your existence? He's not quite twice as old as me. You're. I'm that old. Just about. Yeah. Well, cl- it's close. It's a if year. If I off? could live the life Kirk Douglas lived, my God. God. But anyway, we're going to go back to 1951, uh, a movie called Ace in the Hole, which was later retitled The Big Carnival okay and here's why it was retitled Ace in the Hole uh, Kirk Douglas plays a reporter who stumbles onto a story about um, a guy who uh, got trapped in a mine collapse
0: did he like find it on Twitter or Facebook uh, no
1: this is long he's a newspaper reporter he's kind of and he's looking for work so he goes out there and he sees this story and the newspaper's like eh they're gonna rescue him in a day it's not a big deal and he says like no I can make this into something and so that's why it's called Ace in the Hole because there's you know it's his Ace in the Hole the movie was so bleak and so uh, such a horrible depiction of both journalism and humanity, possibly, that they tried to re-release it as the big carnival, um, because a sort of carnival atmosphere around this thing, uh, and I don't think it made money either way. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it watching it now, it's still, it's I would call it a bracing movie. It's like, wow, I can't believe it was willing to go that dark. What year was it? 1951. Okay, that's exci- I wanted to see something. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's good, and it's um, it's it's. Both of us being former journalists, it's kind of an interesting... Like, if you showed this in a journalism ethics class, you'd be like, nope, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't
0: you know do that. what weirds me out? I don't like that you say movies that, like, half the audiences is like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Or, I've heard of that. I know what that is. I I have never even thought or heard of this movie. I've never seen it in a Google search. I don't know what ace in the hole. Just, it doesn't exist as far well, as Well,
1: that's know. good. You're going to go in completely cold. Is that
0: weird, though? Like... How do I would you not, if I were
1: you, don't even watch the trailer. Just watch the movie. Oh,
0: I don't watch the trailers
1: until after. The oh, fact. Okay, okay. I usually I like to watch the trailers before we record, so we get like a little get spritz a little, of yeah, refresher little, of like what are we like? Oh that. yeah, oh yeah. But it's an interesting movie, and Kirk Douglas plays he. Kirk Douglas excelled at playing bastards. Yeah, and he plays a huge bastard in this movie.
0: Okay, well, good to know. On behalf of my friend Will Pyfer. My name is Billy Culpa. We appreciate you downloading this episode. We hope it was a, a respectful and, you know, interesting conversation for you on a pretty serious topic. Until next time, we'll miss you all. Most of all. Most of all.